most salespeople are like a guy walking into a bar on ladies' night. So you walk in, and here's the bar, and there's just a hundred beautiful women sitting at the bar enjoying a cocktail. And this guy just starts walking up saying, Hey, you want to go out and have dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me? Now, statistically speaking, if he asks enough women, if, Hey, you want to go out on a date with me? Somebody could say yes. Right. What LinkedIn does, it gives you the time to intelligently prepare. So imagine that same bar and a guy walks in and he sees this woman sitting at the edge of the bar and he walks up to her and says, Hey Mary, I'm Mike Brooks friend. He introduced us via email the other day, said that I could meet you here and would very much like to take you out to dinner. Now what's the likelihood that that's going to happen? And now here's this episode of the elevating IT podcast sponsored by audit. Welcome to the Elevating IT Podcast. Thanks you, thank you for watching, listening. Um, today, I'm thrilled to have my friend. I guess I, I you know, <laughs> I've known you for a long time, Mike. I'm going to call you my friend you now. You are my friend. Because yes. we met years and years ago, Mike Sheila, from and Mike, you're, you're from you're from Washington D.C., Baltimore area. Okay, mm-hmm. I know that you're director of marketing and business development at Advantage Industries, which is an I, uh, MSP in mm-hmm. that area. You also do LinkedIn training and sales strategy, group presentations. And I'm going to talk to you today about LinkedIn. Sure. But I've talked to you before a bunch of times. We've done a bunch of interviews. I've interviewed you now on a couple podcasts. And we first met in Connecticut, even though you're in, you're, you came up from Baltimore. I think you're in Baltimore. Got yep, Baltimore-ish. Me. Yep. All right. <laughs> So I'll let you fill in the blanks because uh, I'm obviously reading off of your LinkedIn page. So there you go. <laughs> um, we met in Connecticut. You you were up here speaking at an event I was at, and I was really impressed with what you were teaching. And we we got to know each other. I had you on a podcast that I was doing years ago. I've had you on this podcast a couple of times, and I think this is your second or third time here. Uh, so, Mike, thanks for being here, my friend. Fill in the blanks for me. Tell people uh, about yourself what I got wrong. (laughs) Well, Mike Brooks, first of all, it is great to see you again. I'm glad we have reconnected and you you did a pretty good job there. So I am the director of marketing business development for Advantage Industries. We are a managed service provider here in the Baltimore DC market with a focus on cybersecurity, which sets us apart from a lot of the companies that are out here because typically it's either an MSP or a cybersecurity company. We're one of the few that do both. And our, our customers are in this geography as well, the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, the mid-Atlantic, however you want to frame it. And yeah, we, we met at an event in Hartford, Connecticut. So I grew up not terribly far from there. I grew up in Westchester County, New York, right along the Connecticut, New York line. And I had been invited to speak at an event up there. Got to meet you. Uh, reconnected with my old friend Jeff Davis, which was just the strangest thing right. in the world. Jeff had actually gone to college down here in Baltimore, and we had met at a Toastmasters event. And that that Connecticut speaking event really catalyzed us becoming friends again. And I got to 
do some guest work and a couple of books that he's written, which was awesome. And LinkedIn is my thing. I tell people I'm a self-proclaimed LinkedIn nerd. And I, whenever I meet a salesperson that's not using it, my first response is, what's wrong with you? Right. Like, what is going on? How could you not be using it, right? Yeah. And then the next thing that I always discover is how most people really suck at using LinkedIn. They're just, they're really, they're terrible. You know, I, I, I give this... I, I give this comparison. I, most salespeople are like a guy walking into a bar on ladies' night. So you walk in, and here's the bar, and there's just a hundred beautiful women sitting at the bar enjoying a cocktail. And this guy just starts walking up, saying, "Hey, you want to go out and have dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me? Hey, you want to go out and dinner with me?" Now, statistically speaking, if he asks enough women. Hey, you want to go out on a date with me? Somebody could say yes, right? Right. Somebody That's might, a great analogy. Somebody might take that. But it's such a horrible way to go about things. You're going to get drinks thrown in your face. You're going to be told no politely. You're going to be told no not so politely. You're going to be ignored outright. And plus, you don't know any qualifications about the other than their women. Maybe they're already married. Maybe they're in a serious relationship. Maybe they don't like guys. You don't know. Right. But that's your shot. And what LinkedIn does, it gives you the time to intelligently prepare. So imagine that same bar and a guy walks in and he sees this woman sitting at the edge of the bar and he walks up to her and says, hey, Mary, I'm Mike Brooks' friend. He introduced us via email the other day, said that I could meet you here and would very much like to take you out to dinner. Now, what's the likelihood that that's going to happen? Much greater. Much greater. It's still not guaranteed because she might see and have think, you know, you got spinach in your teeth or something and decide not to go out on the date with you. But that's a much more effective process, an efficient process. And that's, that's one of my big challenges with how most sales leaders go about trying to coach their sales reps is they'll, they're saying, do this because it's effective. Well, you know what? With enough hours put behind anything, it's effective. But is it efficient? Are you getting the best return on your time spent? So I'll, I'll give one more analogy, and then I'll shut up and let you talk. Um, imagine if you were told you have to cross the country from the East coast to the West coast. Now there are a number of ways that you can do that. That would be effective. You could get in a plane. You could take a train get in a car. You could ride a bicycle and you could even walk. Now I think we would all agree that the most efficient one there is getting in a plane. It's gonna take the least amount of time to meet your objective. And what I hear all these sales leaders doing is telling their sales reps how to walk or ride a bicycle across the country instead of telling them, get in the plane. Interesting. I wanna unpack that a little bit. Sure. Because I think that's, you know, I wanna go into some of the how-tos and some of the nuts and bolts of all of this, right? But 
I want to know why is that? I mean, it's 2021. LinkedIn's been around for a long, long time. I just got a notification on Facebook the other day. It was like LinkedIn eight years ago sent out these little congratulations things. You are, you're getting noticed. Like it, it said, you're one of the top. It was, it was funny at the time because it says you're one of the top people whose people pro people are looking at profiles of. And I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, it's cute. And I posted it to Facebook and shared it. So I've been on LinkedIn for a long time. And, you know, in the beginning, it, it's it's like when you get on these things, it's you don't know how to use it. And, and there's all this bad advice out there. So it makes sense in the old days, right? But you would never do, they, nobody would ever do these things in person. Why do they do them on LinkedIn? And I'm talking about with all of the things we know now, you know, people have not, it, I think you got to be living under a rock to have heard this the first time that you shouldn't just go right for the sale when you connect some, with somebody, right? You don't just tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, would you like to go out with me without pre-qualifying them, without knowing a little bit, without warming things up. So why would you do it on LinkedIn? You know, and we all know just, just so in case somebody might have been living under a rock, you're new to LinkedIn, you, you, you connect with somebody, you find somebody on LinkedIn, you connect with them, they agree they have to hit a, agree to connect with you. And then yep. immediately when you see that they connected with you, that they agreed to, to connect, you message them, you instant message them and say, hey, can we get five minutes on the phone to talk about my product and let me sell you something? And are you interested in SEO? Are you interested in this or whatever? Like, that's what we're talking about here. We're like, why on earth do people even do that? Like, yeah, let's get, I, we know, you know, the, the number one piece of advice, right? Don't do that. But why do people do that? Why? That is a mystery that I am still trying to unravel. So I have been in technology sales now since 1999 here in the Baltimore marketplace. And when I came to Advantage, I got a big fancy title. Um, I'm director of marketing and business development. So people see that director in my title. And when I added that, just the influx of Blows up. craptastic inbound connection requests has just been staggering. Oh, let me let me stop you for a second because sure. I, I put that I I put pod this podcast uh -huh. as a job, right? Like so under my because I wanted people to scroll down under audit. They can, they see that I'm working that I work at director sales and marketing and audit. And then the next thing down was podcast host at the elevating it podcast. I thought, why not guess what connection requests I was getting for the next four weeks until I deleted it. I was getting connection requests from people who sell to podcasters. It was amazing. It came, started like within 10 minutes of putting that up there. I was getting these connection requests from podcast um, website designers, podcast uh, engineers, people who, um, you know, we pay money to them to produce our podcast. And it was, it was just immediate. As soon as I connected with them, they went for the jugular to, to sell me on something that was completely incongruent. Like they didn't, like I didn't need anything they were selling. Case in point to what you were just saying, I wanted to insert that in there to just prove your point. And if you're, so our space, our industry, the IT industry, you're functionally looking to engage two types of people. For your smaller company, you're talking to the owner 
the partner, the president, right? You know, your your 10 to 30, 40-ish employee company. That's who you're talking to. And then you get a little bigger, you might talk to the director of IT, the director of finance, the director of operations. You get a little bigger, you're talking to the CFO, the CIO, the COO. And you might, so in my industry, I, I talk to the CTO as well, and I talk to the CISO for information security. These people have been just flooded with bad emails and bad connection requests. And when I talk to these people, they go, I, I ignore them. I just I completely right. ignore them. It hurts so, it for everybody. Fun fact, as policy, LinkedIn doesn't want you to send connection requests to people you don't actually know. Who knew? Apparently nobody right. knows that because, again, I, I get at least two or three connection requests a day like that. So my first thing is stop doing it. Second thing is, if you're not going to stop doing that, at least give me a darn good reason to talk to you. And right. here's a hint. It, it has nothing to do with your product or your company. I don't care. 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 I get, again, I get 50 emails a day. Somebody wants to sell me some marketing thing. Right. And I'll say to them, look, I don't know how you got my email. And there's a thousand different ways. So that, that part doesn't matter. I don't know how you got my email. I don't know you. Your email obviously shows that you did zero research on me and you did not try to customize this. You're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Frankly, I know 50 people that do exactly what you do. And if I needed this, I'm going to ask them before I'm going to ask a total stranger. And that's, that's what people are missing on sales in general. That's what they're missing about LinkedIn. So I'll tell you my favorite new strategy now. You want to hear it? Absolutely. Because it's an evolution of the conversation that you and I had all, all those years ago. So I come up with a list. So let's say um, I want to talk to business owners. So the first thing I do is I type president in the search bar on the top of your LinkedIn page. And when you do that, you get some ridiculous number. You get like, you know, 8.7 million people some dumb number like that, which that, that's not manageable. You can't work with that list. And it's not terribly refined because it could be vice president, it could be president of sales. You know, it's really not terribly refined. So then I, I shrink it down to the second degree connection. So I want to make sure they know at least one person that I know. So now I'm down to 4 million. <laughs> Slightly more manageable list. And, I, and then I think, okay, well, where do I want to do business? So my company we're really focused on the mid-Atlantic. So LinkedIn gives me a really nice feature. I can search the Washington, D.C., Met Washington, Baltimore metro area as a whole. I can search just Baltimore, just D.C., or just Maryland, depending on how I want to break this down. So I'm going to go with just Baltimore for now. So now I've got a list, you know, like, like 5,000 people, which is still a big list, but now I'm starting to get to where I can manage it. And then the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to add some filters. So LinkedIn gives you some really nice filters for free, right? So there's a couple of different ways you can do this. My favorite is to filter it down to people that went to the same college as me, UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore campus. And I like to do that because that's something we have in common. 
And if you've ever read Tribes by Seth Godin, that's what that book is all about. People right. do business with, they, with people that they view are similar. You have something in common. So now that I shrink it down to that, I've got like 800 people with the word president in the Baltimore market that graduated from UMBC. So here's my next step. Here's the evolution that you and I haven't really talked about. There are a ton of great platforms out there, like Zoom Info, Rocket Reach, that you can use either free trials of, or you can pay a low subscription price. I have a low subscription for Rocket Reach. I like it a whole lot. I'll take their LinkedIn URL. I plug it into Rocket Reach, and it shows me their profile. And right off the bat, before I've clicked to use that credit, it tells me a bunch of things. First, it tells me if they're on any other social media. So if they're on Facebook, it'll tell me that. And that's a nice secondary review because I can now figure out if we have any real close friends. So if I go on Facebook and see we have two or three mutual connections, now I've got a nice close friend relationship. And I, I scored a meeting that way a few months back. Found a guy that went to UMBC that was connected to somebody that I know very well. And when I emailed him, the subject line of my email was this friend's name. So the body of the email said, hey, Mike, this guy's name's Mike too. <laughs> I noticed you are connected to my good friend, Glenn. And I said, Glenn and I both have children with autism. That's how we know each other. And I was doing some research on LinkedIn. And I saw that you're also a fellow graduate from UMBC. I love connecting with successful business owners that have, are fellow retrievers here in the Baltimore market. Would you be open to having a conversation in the next week? So I didn't talk about my product. I didn't talk about my company. I didn't talk about Whizbang. I didn't talk about Chachkis. I made a human connection first. Like that's the difference. And, and I really want to underscore that how people look, you know how it is. People want, and we're all attracted to fast, easy, painless. Like those are the hot buttons that every salesperson and anybody in, in their job is going to be attracted to. How do I automate this? How do I make it painless? So I don't have to pick up the phone and talk to anybody. How do I make, how do I streamline so people look at LinkedIn, I think, or any tool like that and go, wow, I can, I can automate this with the duck, duck soup or whatever, ducks soup, which I don't know how you feel about auto, those kinds of little. So I, I actually have a, a funny story about that. I was approached by a marketing company that said they were having fantastic results with this new LinkedIn strategy. So my operations manager, Tim, and I, we sat on a call with them yesterday. And what they basically do is they create a highly personalized and specified list through Sales Navigator, not sim very similar to what I just described that I do. And then they- And do you use Sales Navigator or can you do your strategy? Oh, sorry to interrupt you. We, no, we no, no, great delayed. question. I, I so, just, yeah, oh. everything that I talked about, you can do on the free platform. The reason this gotcha. company is recommending Sales Navigator is it gives you a few more- really granular searches you could do. The best one is you can pick that you want an, a zip code, a radius of a zip code. So you can really fine tune gotcha. that group. 
and has a couple other nice ones in it as well. Uh, you can focus on company size. So if you only want people that are 50 to 100, you can make that a search criteria. Now, there's a flaw to it because any person that has multiple active companies, it's pulling the active company data off of their profile, meaning if they haven't labeled their company properly so it doesn't auto-populate and show the company logo, then they get no data, so they'll miss it. And if they're on the board of directors for a company that is bigger than the company they work for, it'll pull that data and it'll put it in your list. So it's not perfect, but it's pretty darn good. Um, so anyway, th this company approaches us and they said, yeah, we, um, we log into your LinkedIn account. I'm like, okay, stop right there. I don't want anybody logging into my LinkedIn account. <laughs> uh, that's mine. Yeah. You're not going to do that. And they said, oh, well, it's kind of necessary. I'm like, okay, so you're no. basically leveraging my network. And then they said, and we send out, you know, 50 to 100 connection requests a day. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's a, that's a lot. LinkedIn will shut me down in a week yeah. if you do that. Yep. And so people should understand people that LinkedIn is, LinkedIn has a lot of rules. Like you brought up already that they, that they don't want you to connect with people you don't know. Now, there's some gray area there on what there is. you know and, and how you want to operate because the idea is to build your network and go outside of your network. But there's a, a ton of rules here. And if you make spammy, like that's why automation is, it can be, can really kill you if you're, if you're just spamming out connection requests and LinkedIn sees the footprint of automation or sees that you're doing things in a spammy way, they're going to smack you around and shut you down. Yep, the first thing they'll do is they'll restrict your account so you can only send connection requests if you have the person's email. That's the first thing they'll do. Right. And if you persist in your efforts, yes, they will shut your profile down and you will have to start from scratch. It's a scary, uh, is a scary thing and should, people should be very scared, very apprehensive to yeah. want to go out there and just spray and pray. And when you consider how easy it is to do the other way that I described. And it's much more effective. When I ask you, Mike, would you mind introducing me to Bob? And you say yes. The likelihood Bob's going to talk to me goes way up. So it's a slower, right. so it's slower. And, that, and that's what people don't like. But, but it's quality. It's quality. You can make, you can do 10 of those in a day and you will have far better results than you will have sending a hundred blind emails. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So the number that you send, you're sending about 10 a day. And just so I can illustrate this for the audience here, you are, you, you've filtered it down. You've, you've sort, you've really got your, your, your criteria, your demographics right people, that go right above place, and beyond right way deeper yeah. than. Yep. And now you're, you're emailing them, your connection, are you putting them, like, what's the, what's the tactic, I guess, the, the, the steps? Are you just hitting the connect button, putting a message in there? Are you emailing them? I never connect until I've actually had some sort of engagement, whether that's phone or email. I never send a connection Interesting. Request. So you're not doing a cold connection request at all? Nope. So tell me, tell us what you, how you do this. Like so from, you can use you've, it. You've now got your list. 
you can use InMails. And for those of you listening, InMails are part of the paid subscription. Uh, but there is a neat hack that if you share a LinkedIn group with someone, you can send free emails to people that you share LinkedIn groups with. You can send Ooh. 15 different people every month, which is a fun little hack. Also, if you look for people with gold LinkedIn logos next to their name, you can send them a free message about 80% of the time. Now, that means that they're a paid subscriber to LinkedIn. Yeah, or they're trying the free service, one or the other. But I say it only works about 80% of the time because that is something that they can shut off and about 20% of people. So you can do that. Here's the challenge. Most executives and decision makers are not active on LinkedIn. So they'll set up a profile and they might log in from time to time to read stuff, but it's very infrequent and equally important. They don't, check their connection requests because yeah, I'm the president of my company. I, I know right now he has like 25 connection requests sitting in his inbox. In LinkedIn. And he ignores, the, yeah, he ignores it. Wow. Yeah. But if somebody reaches out to him, he has a great conversation with him. Then he'll take that next step and seek them out and connect with them. But he'll just let the other ones, you know, sit there and rot on the vine. So that is a strategy. It's not my favorite strategy. My favorite strategy is to get that email from Rocket Reach or Zoom Info or whatever platform you use and send them an actual email. And like I said, the subject line is going to be that point. So am I reaching out to them because we both went to UMBC? Am I reaching out to them because they're a friend of Mike Brooks? What is the, what's the reason I'm, connect, I'm, I'm reaching out to? Them? And then that email, again, it's pretty short and sweet. Hey, you know, I, Bob, I came across your profile on LinkedIn today. I see you're connected to my good friend, Mike Brooks. I love connecting with other business professionals here in Baltimore. Uh, maybe we could set up a chat in the next week or two. And I leave, I leave it at that. Because what I want is I want them to get back to me and say, what's the purpose of this? Or even better to say, thanks, I don't need an IT company. And I'll respond back, hey, not trying to sell you something. There may be an opportunity for us to work together in the future, but I don't know that until I start building a relationship with you. And that's the other big thing that salespeople don't get. They just, they do this email verbal vomit the moment they get a decision maker to respond to them about anything. So if you think about most of your emails, do you write a lot in them when you're engaging with someone? It's a sentence, maybe two, right? So why should your conversation with them via email be more than that? Just tell, real tell me quick. more about your company. Hey, that's what the phone call would be about. And I want to learn about yours. It, who knows? Maybe we can help each other find more customers in 2021. Now that should get the attention of just about anyone. Right. Now, do you... So how do you um, proceed? So you're sending that one email. That's one email, right? Your response rate is going to be whatever. And I don't know if you track that over time and you know that. I'd love to love to hear it if you do. Do you send a second email, third email? Like what do you, do you campaign this? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, generally speaking, the first wave, you're getting your low-hanging fruit, right? You're, you're getting the people that like, yeah, oh, 
okay, you're a friend of Mike's. Yeah, absolutely. Be happy to talk to you. And then you get that group that are like, I don't know who Mike Brooks is. <laughs> because they connected with you and they never bothered to get to know you. So that, that happens too. And they're probably going to ignore me. So I'll send a follow-up email a, a few days later and say, hey, Bob, was following up on the email I sent you the other day. Let me know when we can chat in the next couple of weeks. And I, I, I structure it to say, if you'll suggest a couple times good for your calendar, I will respond with a calendar invite and conference page. So I, I make it, sim again, simple and clear. Right. And depending on the industry, I'll then shift to what I call the hammer list, meaning I'll email somebody on Friday. And then I'll email them on Monday. And then I'll email them on Tuesday. And I'm looking for them to either tell me, go away. I can't do this right now. Or, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I landed like six meetings last week doing just that. People and that had ignored the first and second emails, but they got that third or fourth one and said, okay, this guy's not going anywhere. Let's see what he has to say. And what's your, what's your percentages? I mean, how many emails did you end up having to send? How much work did you have to do to get those six? Like, cause obviously, you know, if you have to do a thousand. It was about 250. 250. That's pretty darn good. And, you know, considering your, you know, what a managed services deal can be, that's a great return. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. The, the key to it is being consistent, being intentional, carving out a little time every day. You know, I have an hour every morning set aside to do that. And if I get open space in my day, like I was supposed to have an appointment this afternoon, had to reschedule. So now I've got an extra hour. So now I'll spend a little more time working on that. But you're spending a solid hour every day. So that's your, that's your devotion to this LinkedIn process. Yeah. And as a salesperson, why aren't you doing that? Why, why aren't you doing it? Do you also do other things? I mean, you, do, are you cold calling? Are you, you know, like what, nope. what other prospecting things are you doing? So my prospecting involves my social media marketing. So if you follow our LinkedIn page or our Facebook page or my Twitter page, I'm pushing out daily content. Now it could be an article that we wrote. And I say we, because everything's labeled that I wrote it, but our marketing company writes most sure. of that stuff and I revise it, edit it, approve it, and they, put, and they publish it. But it could be content that we wrote it can be content that a third party wrote. So I've been quoted in several trade magazines and we'll share that. Uh, but I might just find an interesting, relevant article. So this morning, our big thing this year is CMMC, Cyber Maturity Model Certification. Every government contractor needs to get a CMMC in the next 12 months, period, end of story. I don't care who you are, what you do. There's no excuses. There's no exceptions. There's no grandfathering. If you want to sell to the Department of Defense, you need to have a CMMC. And so I'm doing a lot of content around that. Hmm. And I published something directly from their website this morning. And I said, this is not a game. You know, stop ignoring it. Stop acting like you're going to be okay. This is a significant investment. It's going to take you nine to 12 months to get your certification. And if you don't start now, you're going to miss the bids that come out in the fall. Because that's when you're going to first start seeing that line item requirement on RFPs from the DOD that say, please fill in your CMMC. And if you don't, you can't fill in that blank, you don't get to play. Right. So that's been a big catalyst for us as well. Very cool. Well, Mike, this, is, this has been 
Awesome. I mean, this is, you, you shared a really working system for LinkedIn. What I love about it is you're not just a LinkedIn trainer. Um, you're using the system that you're teaching. So I you know, talk. yes, I do. And, and I kind of want to, you know, I want to just bring it all together and, and summarize this so that make sure that I have the points. And, and I apologize for interrupting you. I did, I did the mistake that I always tell people who are doing podcasts not to do, which is interrupting the host or the guest, you know, let the guest talk, always let the guest talk. And, and I was interrupting you quite a bit because I'm so excited about this content here. This is that, that just, if I'm into really interrupting you, it means I really, really want to know and we're having a great conversation. So um, I want to kind of bring this home, make sure I understand it, make sure that everybody gets this here. It's not about, so number one, Mike's spending about carving out an hour a day to do LinkedIn outreach. He is doing his research tied in with an external tool that he uses to get the person's email. He's then emailing the person. It's not just about that spammy connection request on LinkedIn that they're going to ignore anyway. He's going out and emailing them and he's following a process to just try and get them on the phone. Real simple. Want to connect. Yeah, not actually, trying to I don't sell. use the phone at all. You don't, pro you don't cold call at all. You're, you're just, I don't use the phone at all. I got two phone calls today and that was an, that was an aberration for me. I, I do everything by email until I actually get to do one of these. A, a right. video chat. And you're setting up these appointments where you're doing a video chat like this, not to sell them IT services, but to just get to know them as a, as a business in common in the area, understand their needs. Maybe they need you, maybe they don't, but it's really just a conversation, which is great, great process. And, and that's, that's your process. Yeah, and I'll give you just a little insight behind that. So I do absolutely set meetings like that. But the six that I mentioned that I booked last week, these were all people that said, okay, let's talk some business. I think I could use a company like yours. Oh, okay. So that's, I'm glad I asked for clarification because I thought that was just the response of the people. Now I get both. I get both. Wow, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, so in my company, we call that the difference between a, qualifying meeting and a discovery meeting so qualify meetings what you just described I, I know this is the right person they've got the right company the right size the right geography let's have a conversation let's see what comes out of it. i'm qualifying them in that regard to see if there's interest but a discovery meeting they've said to me you know what we are thinking about changing our it company you know what we could use some help with sharepoint you know what we are thinking about going into the cloud we do need some compliance and cybersecurity work let's talk do you qualify out people who answer the email, but maybe are just, you know, not necessarily a good prospect? Or do you jump on the phone with anybody who says yes to that quick call? That can happen, but because I'm doing so much work up front, it really is rare. So unless there's some, unless I got bad intel, like they're not really based in Baltimore, but they're based in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. That's just, that's not our company's business model. That's the exception, not the rule. Nine times out of 10, when I get to that point, they're very well qualified by company size, by the person I'm talking to, by their geography, by the products that we can offer. All right, so let me, I'm gonna ask you another question. I was gonna wrap this up, but this is, sure. this popped in my head here. Because um, you are, what you are doing here is a more, uh, I'm gonna say proactive uh, plan here. You are 
going and doing this for a purpose. Now there's, there's some LinkedIn trainers out there who will tell you just make connection requests, connect with people and have conversations and, and really don't ask for, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, don't even ask for the appointment, let the person kind of see you come to you and then see where that goes. Very soft, softer approach, you know, and then you've got things on the other end of the spectrum, which are just hardcore. And you're somewhere in between that, maybe, you know, you're not, I think I am. And I think that's the key to my success. Yeah. I mean, you're really, you're doing this with a purpose and that's, that's what I was getting at there, I guess. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the the word intentional being intentional. There are, I've worked with a lot of salespeople in my 20 plus years in this industry and I've met some really good ones and I've met some really bad ones and the really bad ones by far outweigh the really good ones. You know, the really good ones maybe make up 20% of the salespeople that you meet. And I have to blame them and I have to blame their companies because they're, they're putting very little effort into making themselves better. Their companies are putting very little effort into making them better salespeople. And, and that's largely because most of the sales leaders in those companies don't know what they're doing either. You know, they carried a bag 10 years ago and they've forgotten what it means to do this job. And it's, it's not an easy job. It is not simple. It is not fast. It's, it's, I think I've told you this before. It's like baking a cake. Not only do you have to follow the recipe on the back of the box, you can't put in three eggs because you really like eggs. If the recipe calls for two eggs, use two eggs or else it's going to be gooey and it's not going to taste good. And then with that is time and temperature. If the box says 350 degrees for 45 minutes, well, guess what? You got to cook that cake for 45 minutes at 350 degrees. Because if you crank the heat up and try and cook it faster, it's going to be burnt on the outside and gooey in the inside. No one's going to want to eat it. And if you drop the temperature down to 200 and you let it cook for an hour and a half, you get a brick. Nobody can eat it because you've sucked all the moisture out. Perfect analogy. Great way to wrap up. Thank you so much for this, Mike. This was great. Very uh, instructive. A lot of great info here. And I hope that people who are listening to this in the IT industry uh, take this to heart and use this system that Mike just outlined for you because we know it works. Um, So Mike, before we go, can you tell people if they want to learn more from you, maybe get more LinkedIn training, or if they're a company looking for an IT provider, how do they get in touch with you? So I always tell people that I'm very Googleable. Once you know how to spell my last name, which is S-H-E-L-A-H. And you're going to find me on all the social medias. You will find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on the big four, I should say. And so my, my handle on Twitter and Instagram is at uh, Mike Sheila. And I have my LinkedIn business page. I have my Facebook business page. And Advantage Industries is the same way. So if you look up Advantage Industries, you will find us on the big four for social media. So if you want to talk LinkedIn with me, feel free to shoot me a message. Uh, my email is mike at mikesheila.com. And the work email is msheila at getadvantage.com. So very easy. And if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you see all that information there written right at the top of my banner profile. Perfect. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being on. I, 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 always a pleasure talking to you. I, I learned a lot today 
and, and reinforce some things that I already knew that, you know, it's great to, it's great to get those, those boots on the ground, you know, you know, the things working because the person's using it and it just, it, it really helps you. It helps me solidify that I'm doing the right thing and things that I'm doing. So appreciate it. Appreciate you being here and uh, everybody listening. Thank you for listening. Make sure to uh, subscribe on iTunes. If you're not leave a rating and review for us. We love those. And until we meet again, keep on elevating IT. Bye.